0: Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you all so much for the beautiful day you bless blessed us with. and Now the awesome opportunity once again to get back in your word. Help us now as we continue our studies. As so we pray in Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Continuing our Bible study of A to Z in the word heaven, we'll turn to the book of Revelation, which is the Revelation given to John. Now all through the book of Revelation we have references to heaven and heavens, but we're going to hit a few highlights here, starting with chapter one and verse one. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass and he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant, John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia... And his Father, to him be glory and dominion for ever and ever. Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth, shall wail because of him. Even so, Amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, and which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom of the patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, and what thou seest right in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia unto Ephesus and unto Smyrna and unto Pergamus and unto Thyatira and unto Sardis and unto Philadelphia and unto Laodicea so this vision this glimpse experience that John was able to have we have recorded in the book we call Revelation And as he pointed out there, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ that is given to John to be given to the seven churches and to be spread basically to all believers. Now let's jump on over to Revelation in chapter 4. For time's sake, as I say, we would be going through an entire study of the book of Revelation to hit all the areas where it speaks of things occurring and the things that he saw in the heavens, the atmosphere, the space, and even up in the dwelling place of God. But let's jump on over to Revelation in chapter 4. Let's hit a few verses here and see an example of some of the things that John was able to witness. Here in Revelation chapter 4, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet, talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne, and he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald, and round about the throne were four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold, and out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps a fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And thus the visions begin, the experiences begin for John, and he surely goes through a lot. And let's jump over to another example of it, the visions that he's seeing, all the way over to Revelation chapter 14. What reads, And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion, and with him an hundred forty and four thousand, having his father's name written in their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven, as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And they sung as it were a new song before the throne, and before the four beasts, and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the hundred and forty and four thousand which were redeemed from the earth. These are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed among from among men, being the firstfruits unto God and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no guile. Here in chapter 14, we see the things that are happening down here on earth, the things that John is able to witness and and see in this vision, and him looking up into heaven and seeing things. So we have those references. And of course, the 144,000 that are sealed and are going to be the preachers and of the time, as well as the angels themselves flying around in the midst of the skies and preaching the gospel and spreading the message during the tribulation time. All right, now all the way over to at the end of the tribulation time, if you go all the way over to Revelation chapter 19, and we see how things unfold here in Revelation chapter 19. And after these things I heard a great voice of much people in heaven, saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments, for he hath judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth from her fornication, and hath avenged the blood of his saints at her hand. And again they said, Alleluia, and her smoke rose up for ever and ever. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that ...sat on the throne, saying, Amen, hallelujah," And a voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise our God, all ye His servants, and ye that fear Him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, "Hallelujah! for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice, and give honor to Him... For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath prepared herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And he saith unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called into the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him, and he said unto me, See thou do it not? I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren, that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. Now we're getting into the time of the glorious appearing of Jesus Christ when he comes down at the end of the tribulation time, fixing to establish the millennial period. Read 11 again. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. Of course, speaking of Jesus Christ. His eyes were as a flame. Of fire, And on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Just as we see Jesus Christ identified as the Word of God in the gospel written by John. It's, and the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, Now, these armies are the born again Christians that have already been raptured up and judged through the judgment seat of Christ and gone through the marriage supper and now are coming down with the Lord and He's going to establish the millennial kingdom. Once He separates the sheep from the goat, as He says in Matthew chapter 24 and 25, referring to the last days. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, which that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepresses of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun. And he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that ye may eat the flesh of kings, and the flesh of captains, and the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses, and of them that sit on them, and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great." And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone." And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. That's how he's going to end the tribulation time, the seven-year tribulation time. is coming down and basically killing everybody that isn't a born-again Christian, casting them into hell as well as the Antichrist and the false prophet being cast into hell, the lake of fire. And then we get into chapter 20, which identifies the establishment of the millennial kingdom, right into Revelation chapter 20. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that he must be loosed a little season. You kind of wonder, why wasn't Satan cast into the lake of fire for eternity at this point because you got to remember what's going on during the tribulation time those hundred forty four thousand and the angels that we spoke of earlier preaching the gospel to those that are alive during the tribulation time giving them an opportunity to turn to the Lord before they get slaughtered like we just read in chapter 19 and during that time all the folks that are saved during the tribulation time, go over into the millennial kingdom still alive because that's part of the judgment that the Lord teaches us about in Matthew chapter 24 where he says, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. That entering into the joy of the Lord is speaking of going into the millennial period. Some of those that were born during the tribulation time as well as those that were alive throughout the tribulation time that became born-again Christians will go over into the millennial period alive be able to live during that time with the world restored to its perfection as before the flood and then there'll be a time for them to be tempted of Satan because during the thousand years there'll be a whole lot more people born that will be living during the time that the Lord is ruling and reigning right there from the rebuilt temple, and they'll have to have a time of judgment, which we'll read about here shortly, but they have to have a time of temptation as well. So that's why the Satan will be loosed near the end of the millennial period to tempt everyone so that everyone makes a decision to either follow Satan or follow God. As it continues, verse 4. But the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison, and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. Isn't it amazing that there would be that many people that will turn against the Lord, with the Lord right here on the restored planet, to be right there interacting with him directly and still turn against him. But we see the records of how they treated him when he came down. To become a sacrifice for us as well. So they're going to be many that will turn him down again. As we see here, as it continues, what happens then? Verse 9 And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Not just for a little while, but forever and ever tormented in that lake. As he continues, And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. That's a little hint toward the total destruction of all of the physical existence of the earth and all the planets and all in all the cosmos. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Now this judgment will be for all of those that have not yet received a judgment. You have those that received a judgment at the judgment seat of Christ after the rapture, shortly after the rapture they go up to be judged. But everybody after that point all the way up to this point, all through the tribulation time that became became born-again Christians, all those through the millennial period that were born and become born-again Christians, everybody up to this point, born-again or lost, will be able to have a judgment at the great white throne judgment. And all of the lost, from the very first person all the way through all of history, will have their time of judgment here because the lost are not part of the first judgment, the judgment seat of Christ. So there's two major judgments to come, the judgment seat of Christ and the great white throne judgment. Everyone in all existence of all time will have to have a judgment. So we have the first one, the judgment seat of Christ. All the born-again Christians right up to the time of the tribulation begins will be able to be judged at that point. But then everybody, including all the lost, after that will be part of the great white throne judgment. There's a lot of misunderstanding about the judgments. There's a lot of incorrect teachings saying that the great white throne judgment is only for the lost, but is not. All the born-again Christians that became born-again from the time of the rapture to the end of the millennial period, will have to have a judgment. They will be part of the great white throne judgment as well. Read verse 12 again. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, And death and hell gave up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. You see, you got specifically pointing out everyone, small and great, and then everyone that was in hell. So that's everybody that had not yet received a judgment will get a judgment at this time. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is... The second death. Death and hell itself. The dwelling place, which is the temporary dwelling place for the lost, hell, Hades, the other part of Shaul, all cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. The Book of Life. That's the list of those that have everlasting life where your name gets put into that book when you become a born-again Christian. Whether it be prior to the Tribulation or through the Tribulation in a millennial period that you become a born-again Christian, all added to that list that is the book of life. All right, let's get into chapter 21, a little bit here, where it reads, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. An interesting verse that is misunderstood. It seems pretty simple, but yet they have confusion about it. Right here where it says, and there was no more sea, people take that and put it in the incorrect way within the verse, and say that the new creation doesn't have a sea. It does not say that. What is speaking of is the total destruction of everything, including the sea. But he refers to also seeing a new heaven and a new earth. Because when you go on down in there, he, he says that uh, the former things are passed away. That means everything, all gone, the entire planet. Because some people think that it's just going to scorch this one and and restore it. Well, he is going to scorch it and restore it for the use during the millennial period. But that isn't the final dwelling place. No, the final dwelling place is a new heaven and a new earth. Wherein dwelleth righteousness. Read that again. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Specifically pointing out to even the oceans. Everything is gone. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Note, I make all things new. New planet, not remodeled, not restored, not just some of it, but a brand new planet. Same size? We don't know. might be a million times bigger than what we got. But it's going to be great. Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. That's what we have to look forward to. That's what we are anxiously awaiting, just like it said over here in Second Peter chapter 3. Where it said, "...Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of person ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat?" Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. That's the key. You want to be a part of the new creation? You want to be a part of the new heaven and the new earth? Big, beautiful, wondrous, beyond what we could possibly imagine. If you want to be a part of that, then you got to confess your sins because just like he says in 1st john chapter 1 verse 9 if we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and that's how we are found without spot and blameless so let's get it right and be looking forward to that new heaven and that new earth where there's no more sorrow no more suffering no more crying no more tears no more death. That just awesome that we have to look forward to. I and mean, it surely is way more than we deserve. And as we finish this series up, we'll talk about some of the things that are going to be part of the New Jerusalem that we see coming down from heaven. As he said there in verse 2, And I, John, saw the holy city New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, Prepared it as a bride adorned for her husband. And it's going to be about 1,500 mile cube. And that's coming down, lighting upon the earth from heaven. And God will be in that. And we will be able to enter and exit that and go out into the big, beautiful, brand new earth and interact with the animals. So much to look forward to. We'll get into some of those details in... The rest of chapter 21 and 22 next time. But let's close. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we truly thank you for the many things that you have available for us in the future. Surely more than we deserve. It is so wondrous the things that you have recorded for us to be able to study. Little glimpse, little hints of what it is to look forward to, but still it is so amazing. We truly thank you for that and help all of us be able to be be found without spot and blameless. Help all of us to know that we got to turn to you and get it taken care of before it's held up against us. We thank you, oh, so much for your forgiveness. And please help us to encourage others to turn to you as well. And we thank you for allowing us to be a part of your work as we go out into the world and share your love and shine your light so more can see the pathway to come to you. Thank you once again as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you.